So this uh, Buddha Dhamma is the direct way, the Satipatthana, the cultivation of Sati, mindfulness in accordance with the Dhamma, is the direct way for realization, the freedom from suffering, the ending of stress, sorrow, pain, abandonment of defilements and the realization of Nibbana, direct way. And for this we have to uh, really come bring out our understanding in line with the Dhamma. And this Dhamma is about, it's called Santitiko, is directly, direct experience. So you're being asked to refer to what you directly experience. And this is not usual. Usually we refer to what we think we experience. <laughs> yeah. Or what our senses tell us we're experiencing. We may think we're sitting in a room in Bangkok. That's a thought. What you directly experience, sound, sight, feeling, impressions, mental movements, direct experience, right? Now, we're using this particular map because this is the map, this is the presentation that leads to the ending of suffering and stress. Now, this is expressed in many, many ways. And some of these you may be interested in more than others. But the direct experience is associated with citta. And citta is something that I'm not translating very much because I'd like you to get a feeling for it rather than just have another thought. Thoughts, we get tangled up in words. But it's the direct experience is through your citta yeah. where you're being affected. So citta is the experience something happens to citta. Yeah. Something happens to citta. The experience of something happening to me is citta, happens to citta. Mm. When I want to do something, when I'm thinking of doing something, when I'm planning to do something, that experience is citta. Citta is the I am, citta is the me behind those experiences. Yeah? 
when I'm feeling hungry, jitta is experiencing feeling. When I go to walk to capture the meal, jitta is getting intention is arising in the chitta. Let's get going, let's get going, let's get going. Chitta, intention is arising in the chitta. There's a impulse. Any feeling, feeling hurt, feeling disappointed, happens to chitta. Now this experience, the chitta experience, is then very, very central. It seems to be myself. When you say myself, do you mean body? Not really. You mean something immaterial. It's chitta. But the problem is, when chitta is experienced and thought of as myself, it tries to have something own something, belong to something, gain something, become permanent, have something lasting that I can call myself, a body, a house, a place, this is mine. And this is suffering, because it doesn't happen. When jitta tries to, is myself, it says, let no pain come to me. Let sickness not come to me. And it can't do that either. So whenever jitta is experienced as myself, it is always suffering. It wants something, it needs something, it's busy doing something, it's trying to have something, it's thinking about the future. And jitta, when it's experienced as self, is associated with suffering. That's why the Buddha's teaching is to liberate citta from this experience of self, anatta. And this is not a matter of getting rid of anything really, but just of seeing clearly what happens. What happens, feeling happens, impressions happen, reactions happen. Thoughts happen, emotions happen, mind states happen. That happens. Sense of self, where's that? It hovers like an idea, it's a notion. So this teaching in Satipatthana is to keep placing jitta in touch with body, feeling, perceptions, mind states. So when you see it actually as it is, body is body. It's not my body. It's not his body. It's body. It's like this. This is an example. Now, another way in which the um, Buddha Dharma is sometimes taught, the Buddha says, you don't get to the end of suffering 
until you get to the end of the world. But you don't get to the end of the world by travelling. You can't get in a car and get to the end of the world. You can't get in a plane and get to the end of the world. You don't get to the end of the world by travelling. But you won't stop suffering until you get to the end of the world. And then he says, it's in, inside this body. This is where the world begins. This is where it rises up. This is where it ends. And this is where the path to the end of the world is inside this body with its consciousness, perceptions and feelings. So you go, where? Inside this body? <laughs> what does he mean? <laughs> How do you get inside your body? This is what we've been practicing the last couple of days, is getting inside the body. Not inside the visual body, inside the experienced body, the body experienced by the breathing body, the body that you feel, the body that's happening, the body that experiences tiredness, the body that experiences excitement, the body experiences fear, it experiences irritation, it feels threatened, it feels comfortable, yeah? this body. Because it's in this movement, within the body, where we begin to experience the stirring of the chitta. The stirring, as the chitta is affected, you feel it stirring within your body. So you've got a way to notice it, notice what it's doing. Jitta, the jitta's activities can be experienced in the body. Sankara, jitta sankara. Now this means, for example, as any of you know, when you hear a loud bang, your body jumps, right? Isn't this? It's not touching you. The sound doesn't touch your body. You hear the bang and your body jumps. Yeah. And you see someone you know, and you go, oh. Light, yeah. Lights up, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And face shines. Something rises in the body. You feel happy. Yeah. We can look at this time, we look at these numbers. Numbers, piece of plastic with numbers. You look at that and think, it's late. I've got to hurry up. (laughs) Your body gets it. When you get stuck in a traffic jam, you're stuck in a traffic jam, and you look at one of these numbers, and you go, Feel it in your body, don't you? <laughs> Numbers. <laughs> you know, how it translates. Yeah. Now this, yeah, 
This is the world. And the world can be experienced in your body most usefully because when you experience it here, you can also let go of it here. You can't let go of it out there. You can let go of it here. So the world arises here, it rises up. It ends here when we release it. And the way to the ending is through working the path here, as we've been practicing. And again, so this is the ending of the world, is the ending of suffering. And in this Satipatthana, it says one abides, or one, a, a practitioner, someone who is accomplished, abides without clinging, clinging to anything in the world. Without clinging to anything in the world. So what is this world? What is clinging? What is this world? It's not the planet, is it? It's not, a, it's not geography. It's the world that we experience here. And the world is expressed both in terms of senses, sense consciousness, but very thoroughly the Buddha presented this um, the world as five khanda. And this is a famous um, piece of Dhamma, the five khanda, English aggregates. Uh, it can sound complicated, but it actually makes the world is just five experiences. They're not things, they're experiences. And the jitta creates these experiences. So, an image, if you know how a spider, a spider makes a web, and draws thread from the body, and creates a web, sits on the web, creates a web, draws the thread from the body, creates a web, sits on the web. Whenever the web moves, the spider runs. Yeah? Something touches the web, the spider runs. If the web gets torn, the spider builds it again. The spider's always running around on the web. Spider is the chitta. It produces from itself, it produces these five aggregates, the five khanda. Then it runs around them. It seeks food in them. It builds a house on them. (laughs) So, the five khanda, rupa, form, form. It means jitta experiences some object. An object. Could be a sight, could be a sound. It experiences something, hits it, or it touches something. Something strikes the chitta. Right? The sound, sight, strikes the chitta. Mm-hmm. 
physical sensation strikes the chitta. Strikes. So, and the chitta operates in terms of forms, experiences forms. Now, the chitta doesn't create the body. This is kaya. The body is not the same as rupa. This kaya, and but the chitta experiences the body as rupa. Experiences I'm. I'm in this, I'm in this thing, I'm sitting inside this thing. (laughs) What thing? Feels like solid earth, feels like warm, warm fire, feels like movement, movement air, feels like flowing water. This is what it experiences. It doesn't experience liver, it doesn't experience bone, it doesn't experience hair. It experiences these simple qualities. So, as you're meditating, try to really feel directly what your body feels like, not what you think it looks like, or what you remember when you look in a mirror, or your photograph. What do you really experience? Pressure. Pressure is earth pushing. Something pushes the earth. That's air. Something is warmed up, hot, running. Lively, energy, fire. Something is blending everything. Water. This is rupa. And in our practice, we're learning to recognize none of this is self. None of this is myself. All this is just form. Internal form, external form. Even this, this, this form, rupa. And with form is the arising of consciousness. Consciousness is that which can, can describe the form. And it describes the form by saying there's, there's the form, there's the thing, here am I. So it divides the chitta into saying, here's the object, here's the object, and here am I noticing the object. Here's a sight, here am I looking at the sight. This is a sound, here am I listening to the sound. Here's a thought. Here am I thinking the thought. I'm thinking a thought. There's a feeling. Now I'm feeling a feeling. It always creates a subject. Yeah? Isn't that right? (laughs) Who is that? 
Who is that? Is it the same person? Who is it? This is consciousness. Creates a subject. And then all the various reactions start. And the first is feeling. Feeling strikes. We get activated. Pleasant feeling, painful feeling, neutral feeling. And then with consciousness, I am feeling. I am feeling painful feeling. I am feeling pleasant feeling. (laughs) And then this beginning of the struggle. Who is feeling? Feeling feels. When you feel a painful feeling in your leg, where is the pain? Is it in your leg? Is it in your heart? If it's in your leg, why doesn't it stay there? (laughs) Why does it run to your heart? Why does it run into your chitta? If it's just in your chitta, why does it seem to be in your leg? (laughs) Where is it? So, this is, these aggregates are stuck together. So, consciousness, feeling, form, and perception, which gives us the, the idea or the impression. So, when we see something with our eyes, oh, that's a light. That's a cup. That's a clock. The meaning, the meaning of something. That's Jeffrey. That's Sirijan. You get, ah, what happens? You see a form, you see a form, and then this thing jumps up. Yeah. It's a, oh, wow. Recognition. That's called perception. Hmm? That happens. Chitta does that too. It creates that. So first, when you're very small, little baby, you don't know. You don't know what this is. You don't know what this is. Maybe all you know is your mother. You know your mother's smile, you know, good. That's it, very simple. (laughs) And then it starts building up more and more and more. So eventually you know what this is. This is clock. You know this thing. This is time. This means time to go to school. Time to go to bed. These numbers. (laughs) This is perception, huh? Something, we interpret it. And our world operates like that. Yet we recognize that's all created, isn't it? You know, if you say nine o'clock and then I turn the hands, I say, oh look, 
Time is changing, you know. Look, 15 minutes gone. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> what happened to that? We could have the meal. Time for dinner. Just purely perception, sanya. And yet we live like that is real, a real thing. <laughs> now, of course, if everyone follows it, then yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, it's real enough. It's the world. But clinging clinging, stuck to it, stuck to it, is when we try to make perception into something real, completely real and solid. As you know, with these things, you get a lot of suffering with these things. Once you have one of these, you can be late. You suffer. Once you have one of these things, you can be on time and other people are late. More suffering. (laughs) When you have one of these things, you have to wait. Because it's not time yet. When you have one of these things, you don't have enough time. There's not enough time. Because we make this real number. More real than what's happening directly in our own chitta. So this is when the chitta creates something and they get stuck on it. The spider gets trapped in his own web create something and you get stuck in it and struggle. Now in ordinary daily life we can use these things. It's a social way of behavior. But when we come to meditate we start to really need to find a place, the situation where we can begin to get free. And the perceptions of who I am and perceptions of how I should be. These ideas we have. And all these impressions start rising up in the mind. We can have perceptions, impressions of the future, of the past, of ourself, of other people. You can have a look at your body. You can think, oh, I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I'm too tall. I'm too short. I'm too dark. I'm too light. I'm too old. I'm too young. 
<laughs> yeah. What is it? Perception. Yeah. It's not the body, it's perception. We keep perceiving something, this is what I am. So, not clinging means that normally the citta, when it experiences two things, perception and feeling. This is called the citta sankhara. This is the, these two, perception and feeling, these two stir the heart, actually. It's really not rupa doesn't do it. It's perception and feeling stir the citta. Perception, feeling stir the citta. Perceptions mean uh, perceptions based upon sight. We see, we see ourselves. We don't like it or we worry about it. Perceptions can be based upon ideas. You can have mental perceptions. That is, impressions based upon ideas about ourselves, our life, what's successful, what's a failure. These are very big perceptions for people. We have a perception of being successful. We feel, I want to be like that. I want to be a success. Either successful in money, or property, or good marriage, or good children, or I want to feel good meditator, success. There are no successes. <laughs> because wherever you feel you are, as long as you believe in the perception of success, it's always a little bit more, a little bit better than where you are. Because the experience of success the perception of success, what does it feel like? What would it feel like? Imagine what it would feel like if you are completely successful, you feel very happy, bright. That's a feeling. How long does it last? Okay. So, you know, you went to school, you got got a first prize. You come up, they give you a prize, give you a medal, reclap. Very good. Very great. Feeling really good. How long does it last? <laughs> and then, well, I, okay, I've got that degree. I need another one. Then I can have it again. So this is this idea we have of something excellent that we could be that would make us feel this 
very strong energy, happy, bright, strong energy. We like the strong energy, bright, happy energy. But it's always impermanent, it changes. It comes and goes. Sometimes we succeed. We have a good day. We do things well. Oh, it's very good. And then it changes, doesn't it? The feeling changes. That's the nature of feeling. And when we stick to it, when we stick to feeling and perception, because it changes, the changing from pleasant to neutral feels unpleasant. Just notice the quality of feeling. Any kind of pleasant feeling you have, whether it's a pleasant taste, a sight, or a sense of understanding, where you feel, oh, great, oh, that's good. You feel bright. Now, that doesn't seem to be suffering, does it? That seems non-suffering. That seems to be what we want. Maybe we could have it in samadhi, really beautiful, really good, good, good meditation. Successful meditator, finally got it exactly right. As soon as that changes, oh dear, oh, I want to go back, I want to have it again. You can't, <laughs> suffering. It's something pleasant, as soon as it's taken away. Ooh. All this time when I was leaving the monastery where I've been living for many years, and I, I've been the abbot there for 22 years, so I said, okay, is enough. You know? So, many people say, oh, good to see you, a lot of happy feeling, good feeling. Oh, Ajahn, so grateful, very nice to see you. And then you say, bye. (laughs) You're sad. (laughs) Lovely feeling, pleasant. And then you say, bye, finished. A little bit sad, Because as soon as pleasant, you move away from pleasant feeling, the chitta (laughs) goes down. Then when you have unpleasant feeling, comes the chitta, gets stuck on it, doesn't know how to free itself. So, as we practice, we, we can't stop feeling immediately, we can't stop perception, but we can stop the clinging. The jitta creates these aggregates, spins them. We're on the web. We're on the web. Yeah. Now, you can't break that. But what you can do is stop creating and let the old one fade.
let the old one fade out, let it pass away. This is possible because the web is only kept going through the jitter keeps creating it and recreating it and recreating it. The clinging, it means that the way we wear it out is to stop clinging. This means when feeling arises, this is feeling. It doesn't happen to somebody. It's not, it's not, it's not feeling isn't trying to hurt you. It's just feeling. It's doing what it's supposed to do. We're trying to expand our awareness. Now this is possible because chitta, although it spins a web, this is only one part of what it does. It's the aspect called sankhara, activity, activities. And this, of course, is the most crucial of the five aggregate. It's the activities. These we can call reactions. You hear something and you jump. You see something and you move forward. You that jump. Sankara. This is what jitta does. It acts. But it also has another quality which is it knows. It's aware. Awareness doesn't move. Awareness doesn't create anything. Awareness doesn't spin any webs. Awareness doesn't think anything. Awareness doesn't feel anything. It can be affected, but its quality is essentially still open. It's aware. And our practice is as feeling arises within awareness, within the chitta, we stay aware of it rather than react to it. And as you stay aware of it, maintaining awareness of it, the feeling arises and passes. Because what we all know is when you have a spider web, most of it is space. If you look at a web, a spider creates a web, most of the web is completely open. <laughs> yeah. And yet we stick on the strands. The openness, this is awareness. Yeah. So whenever we experience sight, sound, feeling, instead of creating something, we're aware this is feeling. Feeling arises, trembles, it passes. This is feeling successful. This is the perception of not being any good, being a failure. And in meditation, as the chitta 
tries and struggles and finds difficulties, it comes, the perception arises, I am stuck, I am a failure. I am completely, I can't meditate, I'm a failure. A complete failure. (laughs) This is a difficult perception. But in meditation you want to learn to be a failure, to be a success, and to see them both the same. This is success, this is failure, see them both the same. They're both perceptions. So this is release. And the release of the chitta is not a success. It's just like that. It's just called waking up. There's no movement. So our practice then is beginning to learn how to understand these perceptions, feelings, impressions as they arise, disappointing ones, very personal ones, arising, passing, and notice them as they are and cultivate awareness. Now what is the quality of awareness? So I said it's knowing. This is one way of looking at it. It also feels like open space. It feels like open space. It feels very still. Like present, presence. Like something very still. But at the same time it's not a form. It's as still as the space in this room. If you notice the space in the room doesn't move. <laughs> People run around inside it, the space in the room remains exactly the same. If you put a thousand people in the room, the space wouldn't mind. If everybody leaves, the space would stay the same. Awareness is like that. Whatever we experience, however difficult it is, there's always awareness. Awareness is your ability to know it's like this. It's like this. And the, but then the results of that is you begin to experience less and less suffering. Less and less suffering. A little bit of suffering and then it passes. First of all, a lot of suffering. (laughs) Uh, And then less suffering. And then less suffering. Till it passes. This also is the quality of awareness. And our chitta, through these practices, is beginning to learn to know itself. Not just its activities, not its web, but its own body. So as you're practicing your 
meditation today using the uh, body, the breathing, the walking, standing, something that helps to hold your chitta in one place, just here. It, does, it can be a very simple place. It could be here. It could be your whole body. Just hold it in one place. It doesn't have to be a small place. It can be a big place. It could be even be this room. Yeah. But generally your body, this is a good size. When you walk around, you can walk around keeping your chitta within this. And within this, as you hold your chitta within that, the world will arise. The world will arise by itself. Many forms, thoughts, memories, feelings, impressions, sensations. It can be very confusing. Stay in your body, practicing, relaxing, letting go, breathing through the places where the reaction starts. The calm. And then you'll begin to understand the calming of the sankhara. The calming, the stilling of sankhara leads to the relinquishment of craving and the ending of suffering.